Hello and welcome to An Englishman and an Irishman Go to the Movies. Cute, cool intro music. I'm thinking of Star Wars thing. Bam, 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 bam. I'm on board with this. It's probably copyrighted though. Um, so that, that beautiful voice is Sean. Hello, hello, hello. How is everyone? This is, uh, a, this is a one-way thing. They're not going to... Listen, listen, I don't really know about that now. That other beautiful voice that is reminding me that we are not in the middle of a crowded room is, of course, the lovely Ian. Oh, are we, are we introducing... Right, you're just going to steal my thunder and you're going to introduce me and then... That's fine. That's cool. That's... It's, not, it's not like you have your own podcast where you can do the introductions. Never mind. <laughs> Depending on when this releases, that could have been shut down so long ago. Oh, damn. Yeah, I could say our episode hasn't come out yet. Uh, that's true. Um, yes, so everyone who is listening to this, uh, hopefully, has listened to other episodes of Things where you've heard voices before. Or maybe you haven't. Maybe you're just meeting us for the first time. Um, in it, which yeah. case, I'm terribly sorry. It all depends on how quickly we get this out. Um, so, ordinarily, we, 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 I think we're going to put a bit of news in. We're going to try and turn it around quite quickly and get a bit of news in. Um, I don't think we're going to put news into this one other than um, Lower Decks is cool um, and Coronavirus. It's evergreen topics. So, lower, I, I agree. Lower, lower Dex is cool, and so is coronavirus. Yes, I like it. Nope, um, nope, not what I said. No, 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 no. Um, that's, uh, yeah, well, I suppose the big news of this episode is, hey, there's a new podcast, and it's called An Englishman and an Irishman Go to the Movies, as Ian very, very nicely described it. This cool new thing on the streets. Um, yeah. So, yeah, this is um, a, a sexual love child of mine and Sean's. Um, and I think it's kind of come from a love of movies and wanting to talk about them. And hey, instead of just talking to each other and getting drunk, let's record it. Um, I don't think we're getting drunk, but we'll see. It's only two minutes in, so that might happen. It's it's entirely possible. Uh, the the world is our oyster, basically. And with that as well, it's going to be... We're sort of making this up on the fly. We have an idea for what it's going to be. So, for example, today we're going to have a look at two films, and that's generally what we're thinking of for this show. It's going to be a very kind of loose format. We're going to roughly compare films against each other, possibly contrast films against each other, just because I like compare and contrast as a, as a phrase. Um, we... Uh, uh, as Ian correctly said, this has been a, a brainchild, love child, beard child of the pair of us. <laughs> so um, much beard. So much beard. I mean, I have more hair on my chin than I do on my head, and I'm damn proud of I'm it. I'm really glad you said head. Anyway, moving swiftly along. As you, as you can tell, Ian is the dirty one of the two of us. And that, for anybody that knows Sean, is saying a lot. <laughs> so, while Sean takes a drink, um, I will segue in... Do an extra explanation. Um, so yeah, really loose format. I think we're going to do a bit of news at the beginning about like what's kind of going on, probably in the nerdy world, knowing us. So you're going to get stuck with a bit of Star Trek, I think. Um, and I think originally we were going to do do some sort of podcast where we look at movies as a theme. So we would pick the 10 most influential thrillers, for example. Um, so we're still kind of going with that. But we realised that thrillers is a very bloody vague description. And basically every film that ever exists is a thriller. So the first series we're thinking of jumping into is uh, Christopher Nolan. And that is in by no means a way to get into the algorithm because Tenet is coming out. Ten right, I really struggle saying that film's name. What's it called? It's Tenet. Tenet. Right, in an English Tenet. accent, what is it? Tenet. <laughs> it's Tenet, Gavna. All right, mate, it's Tenet, innit? 
top of the morning to you. It's tenet. We're gonna go to the movies. Sean, sure, I, Sean, stop I tell talking. you, if you let me say if, one word, I'm not gonna bust. let you talk. <laughs> Butcher lasses and lassos, or maybe in Bigara and Bigars, tis tenet. So it is. Make sure you get the seventy-five T's at the end of the word. Did, did you put some actual Irish words in there? Stop drinking. Dias ta falcha rot. What? On will cadigum dulga di on leheris. I heard clitoris. That was all. And we and have just we... ensured <laughs> that the uh, podcast is explicit. Yeah, explicit. We... It's explicit. It's explicit. It's explicit. It's explicit. It's the first five minutes. Right. If anyone's offended by accents, leave. Goodbye. Yeah. Um, we well, we've just established what the tone is going to be, and the tone <laughs> is going to be somewhere around the level of my ankles. Yes. Um, and and I ain't that tall. <laughs> well, I mean, in fairness, I must look tall over Zoom. I don't know what that means. I don't really know either. So we're talking about Christopher Nolan. Um, because, as Ian correctly pointed out, there's a film coming out. And also, one of the films we're discussing today is celebrating its birthday this year. It's ten years old today. There's no way it's ten years old. It is, in fact, yeah, 2010. Inception. That means I'm 10 years older than when it came out. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yeah. Great. That is how basic maths work. Fantastic. Yep. Um, and it is actually, it's, it's sort of extra incredible that this is now a decade old because this, although there is relatively light CGI in this film, it seriously holds up. It's, so... I had a problem watching Doctor Strange because of Inception. So when I saw the the, the, the city bending thing in Doctor Strange, it just looked like a, an Inception ripoff. When Incep- the Inception trailer came out, I mind blowing. I was like, "Oh, that's cool. They haven't used any CGI. They've just literally found a way to bend a city in on itself." It is unbelievable. It's that is. I mean, it's a film of money shots, but. That is the image that sticks with me the most. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, rightly so. Uh, Paris, my favourite city in the world. I love the buildings. I love the architecture of Paris. And then just to see, as you said, Paris folding over onto itself. Um, yeah, I would happily live in an enclosed loop of Paris. And, no question. And none of it none of it takes you out of the movie either, which is ironic considering the more stuff you do like that in the dream world, the more the 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 what do they call it? The fillers? Not the fillers, the um Oh man, this yep. is where research is fantastic. We've both just seen this film. Um It's not ghosts. pillars, is it? No, it's not ghosts. No. Someone's screaming at us. Anyway, the the things that populate the fil- the, the the dream and fill it out, the more you mess with stuff, the more they become aware of it. But it didn't take me out. It's it's just cool. This is technology. This is what happens. Um, right, we're now diving into actually defending so, like, Inception. We're going to be talking about Inception first. It seems yeah. the conversation has just gone that way. Um, as I'm sure will probably potentially be in the title of this episode, we are comparing Inception against arguably Christopher Nolan's other. Greatest film again, yep. arguably. We're doing a few episodes on this, so I might be eating my words in a while. But uh, The Dark Knight, um, Ooh, baby. So now this was actually this this was Ian's. I give full full credit to Ian here. He thought 
these are the two films that if you if you try and rank the Nolan movies, you're always like, oh, how am I going to pick between the two of them? So he very, very cleverly, yes, send me that money, uh, <laughs> came up with the idea of, well, look, if it's just going to be waiting until final round between these two, Let's take out. Let's take that out. Let's Give wipe the out other films one of these chance. motherfuckers. Uh. Straight. Some it's going out in the first round. So we didn't actually explain the round thing. So we're kind of doing this as a, a bracket situation. So we've picked. Um, was it eight? Eight Nolan films. Eight Nolan yeah, films. We, yes. We've landed on eight Nolan films. We've paired them up. Whoever wins the pairing goes on to the next round. They pair off against each other, and then that goes to the final round, and that will be the definitive winner because our opinions are what count of what is the best what is the best Christopher Nolan film um, so by the time we get to round two and the final round we won't be doing a deep dive review we're going to be doing a, more of a compare and contrast between the two because um, we'll have already yeah exactly we'll have done the deep dive this is the deep dive on Inception and Dark Knight um, episode two will be uh, whatever we decide it to be in episode three yeah. And we'll cut that way. What I love about this is that when we take this away from directors and maybe pick, I think one of them was musicals, we're going to have some really, really messed up pairings. Um, so, for example, Whiplash versus um, Rock of Ages. Those two <laughs> films, no, no, no. No one's compared those two. Well, I say nobody. Nobody should be comparing those two films to each other. They are not, they're not the same film at all. And we're going to have to defend that and put it together. Um, um, I think one of the other ones we were thinking of was the first animated Pokemon film versus Gaspar Noe's Climax, which I think make a, a perfect <laughs> pairing. Um, no, there will be a logic between the pairings. Um, as, as you pointed out, we have musicals. Both of those films are musicals. They both have their own different strengths. They have their own different weaknesses. These, So the theme for these few episodes are, is Christopher Nolan, but also there's going to be a lot of other crossing over themes uh, we have notepads people we have, we have we notepads have notes. and i was about to hold yeah. it up to a camera forgetting how podcasts work um so <laughs> we've with the eight films that we've picked at what point are we going to tell the audience that we've nearly forgot the prestige <laughs> so there we were we were about an hour and a half into a planning session the other day and we were there trying to go do we do the dark knight trilogy or do we do, you know, an extra, you know, and so Batman Begins, Dark Knight Rises. And we sort of, we somewhat landed on, no, we, we'll, we'll do the separate films. And we're doing great. We're like, yeah, we've done Kirk. We've Interstellar. And we had this really, and of course, Memento, Insomnia. And, were, and then we stopped. And then we went, okay, we've got our eight films. And then, you know, it was nearly that moment where it was shake hands and, you know, wave over a camera, which I know winds Ian up. And then, you know, the prestige just kind of wandered <laughs> through our mind and the pair of us just went, oh. I crap. can't even take credit for remembering it because we'd moved on to thrillers so I was trying to list thrillers so I literally just looked over at my, my shelf of Blu-rays and I was like, um, obviously it's alphabetical because I'm not a lunatic so I was like, course. P, 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 Prestige, that's, <gasps> motherfucker, Prestige, that's a Nolan film. <laughs> and I mean like, oh my, but it's, one of the it's better Nolan films. It could win. It has every right to win, and we almost didn't include it. Um, yeah, so that's that's embarrassing, and I feel like we need to cut the last two minutes because I'm not I'm not proud of that. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. So Ian went off in a rant there, but anyway, so uh, <laughs> don't censor um, me. Oh, I wouldn't dream of message redacted. Ah. Um, okay, so I think right, generally. 
that's what the podcast is going to be about. We're going to do Nolan films first. You're coming on a journey with us because we're probably going to make a lot of mistakes and we're going to go back on ourselves an awful lot. And isn't that the fun of doing work with alcohol? Absolutely. Yeah, without a doubt. And I am sure it will, if we get more than two listeners, it will spark a bit of a debate. So I, I hope I hope we not to be contrary, but I hope we annoy some people with some decisions. <laughs> I, I, I I like it as well. Um, I mean, unfortunately, um, people just don't tend to put their opinions online. No, um, I mean, and when people, uh, the rare occasion that people do put them online, it's usually a very respectful discourse, and there's no kind of um, slurs or anything. Wah, wah. You, you douchebag. <laughs> anyway, so. Right, let's let's let let's jump in. Well, should, should okay, we, should so we run through the the eight movies and the pairings. Yes. No. Okay. Fine. No. No. I. <laughs> the reason I'm thinking no is because I just really want to talk about these films. Um, come back next week for what the next two films will be. Okay. So, back in 2010, riding high off the success of a couple of okay films, uh, Christopher Nolan finally got funding to do Inception. Right, so he'd had the idea for several years before that. He'd had went through several different versions, but he himself felt that he didn't have the right experience to do it. Um, it certainly required a large budget. Well, that and... takes a level of self-control that I don't have. Because if I if I have an idea, not I mean, I've made millions of films, um, if I have an idea, you just want to put it out there straight away. To have the self-control, to know that it's good but know that you're not ready to make it, that's probably what puts him on a different level of director. I, I think so. I mean, right, spoiler, I guess, you know, we are both fans of Christopher Nolan. So, yeah. I mean, there are, there will be criticisms throughout the run of this little series. Um, you know, there's things he's done amazingly and there's things he, you know, didn't do as well as he could have having seen him do fantastic things. Dark Knight Rises. I don't know what you're talking about. <clears throat> so, um, so we got the money to do in section. Um, but, uh, I'm because, not editing uh, this one. <laughs> Release! <laughs> I love it, love it, yeah. Like, we'll fix it in post, we'll just be the subtitle. Yeah. Um, so... Right, Inception, although we're discussing Inception first, Inception came out after Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Rises was a moderate success. <laughs> yeah, somewhat. Uh, you and may have heard of it. So some of the, uh, you know, some of the interviews around, you know, this film, particularly to Warner Bros. executives going, why did you give this man a blank check? They were able to say, well, the brand is Christopher Nolan at this point. You yeah, know, he, I think that Dark Knight, uh, I think... If you loved movies, you knew about Memento, Insomnia, etc. Dark Knight put him on the map. He put him into Spielberg levels. Um, mm. So then he can now just make what he wants. Uh, yes. And he has continued to do so with generally like amazingly success, uh, successful results. Generally. We'll get to Dark Knight Rises. Um, no, we don't have to. But- it's not on the list. <laughs> Uh, oh, okay. Well, then we might get to it in this episode. Um, but Inception is rightfully lauded as a fantastic cinematic experience. It is well written, well directed. It is very, very well acted. 
Um, uh, as, as we were saying, it looks uh, very, very good. The cinematography deserves every bit of, you know, praise that can be thrown at it. Um, I just wish it wasn't such a shit film. Wait, wait what? <laughs> that's, that's, you had me there for a second. That wasn't in the notes. <laughs> rapidly, like, going to flick through my pages. Sean's gone off script. Sean's gone off script. I'm not ready. <laughs> You've got to pay attention. This could go any which way at any moment. I was uh, actually trying to look up the cinematographer because we're going to end up doing this a lot. Wally would, Fister. Well done. I would love Thank to give those much. kind of guys more credit because um, everyone knows Nolan. Blah, blah, blah. It's nice to give those guys credit as well. I mean, you're dead right. And just because, yeah, because there's so I mean, Chris Miller completely correctly gets uh, so much praise, deserves it. He's fantastic. But yes, it's really, really important. I think in in all film, uh, I'm going to come to the music a lot because I have a passion for music myself. Um, We both, we both of us are musicians in our own rights. We, what? You said you play the piano. You can't oh, lie yeah. to me now. You're live on air, sort of. Live, semi-live. Yeah, uh, there's, there's pianoing. It, it's happened previously. Good, good. I like that. For anyone else who can't see, I'm I'm now looking at Ian enjoy a nice beer while just the most amazingly beautiful thing goes on behind him. His stunning partner is playing with his stunning dog, and this is just this is better than yeah, watching Inception. Anyone, anyone that see, anyone that follows me on twitter you'll you'll know alfie the dog um and he is currently derailing the podcast um <laughs> and, and, and mel has just realized we're talking about it and she dives off screen it's like exit stage left <laughs> pursued by bear um <laughs> tiny tiny bear amazing that's not getting edited um <laughs> so, so i've yeah. i've a rake load of notes so ian yes so sean all right, so let's let, let let's talk and say how do you how do you begin to talk about this film? Um, we begin by saying I hate the way it opens. Now I love the way it opens, but I am fed up of movies doing it. Oh, the- Stop showing me the end of your movie. Okay, yes. I, I thought I thought you were talking about the horns. But no, yes, that too. I'm doing that. I'm doing the, the Twitter clap as well, where you put a clap in between every word to make it sound more important. Stop mm. it! So many films, especially recently. So the old guard did it. That Chris Hemsworth film. Um, oh man, what's it called? Extraction. Done Extraction. It. Yeah. It. It's not clever. It can be done well, but it's now at a point where it's basically narration. It is a lazy way to open. In my non-movie maker opinion, as a viewer. I think it's a lazy way to open your film, especially when it's the end of the film, because now I'm just waiting, to, especially when it specifically says 48 hours earlier. Now I've got to wait two days to get to the bit that you've just told me about. Just have the balls to open your film and tell a story. But in the same breath, I love the way Nolan does it with Inception, because that scene has no context. It's not particularly exciting. It raises way more questions than it answers, and I've forgotten about it after about two minutes. Well, and until that's, we get to the end, it's that's the success of it, isn't it? That's that's it being done well. Is that you don't know that you're at the oh? Uh, spoiler warning, by the way, I presume. Um, right, anyway. This is going to be. There is no. Way, we're not even going to segregate this into spoilers and then movie talk. We're going to assume that you've seen these movies and we're going to watch it. Exactly. 
you know, like when we discuss we're this, we're going to talk about it. Talk about it, yeah. You know, when we discuss this, you're going to know that this is about dream diving. When we discuss the Bible, you're going to know he dies at the end. All right, listen, it's just a thing, you know. Don't alienate the audience, Ian. Don't alienate the audience. So one thing that so this is on on my research for this. Uh, so yeah, opens up. You got Leo lying in the sand, and obviously we'll talk about Leo, but. Uh, we could have been looking at Brad Pitt or Will Smith. Yeah, and I'd be okay with Will Smith. Um, yeah. I don't know if it works with Brad Pitt. I think he's too old. It's not necessarily a film that you don't... It's not necessarily a role that you need to be young or older, but I don't know. I, think I don't yes. know if it's an age thing. I think it's a... Like I've seen Brad Pitt do serious roles, but I'm still looking at Brad Pitt doing a serious role if that makes sense yeah like for example i i don't know if this is controversial or not. i really like world war z but it was no, a brad Pitt zombie movie i'm with you i really yeah. like that movie i think it's a crime they haven't been given a sequel uh, or they have but it's stuck in pre-production That's, yeah it's stu- stuck hell. in hell um yeah. but uh but i i like brad pitt he's a good actor but you're you're right it's a long time since you've seen him act and not be brad pitt yeah, uh, even in Burn After Reading. Uh, I think that's does, the last week, yeah. He does loads of Cohen stuff, but I, I'm still... He's a caricature. Um, I don't know if he carries this the way that Leo does. Um, right. uh, and then Will Smith, as you say. I, I think he would have been fantastic at it. Had I not seen really? I Am... I mean, I Am Legend is probably the movie that makes me think, yeah, Will Smith could do it. I, I think Legend, if he carries I, yeah. that character, he, that would work. Um, I think I Am Legend would... I, I, we must add that to a list later on because I am one of legend, the lists I have opinions about I am legend. Oh good. Oh yeah. Um so uh, and So so I've just written yeah. down I am legend in my notebook. If anybody finds this, I look massively arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> I am legend. Note to self, I, I am legend. I am Steve Rogers. Um <laughs> I can do this all day. Um so, it's a good movie. Don't sigh. It's it's a very good movie. It's just like I'm I'm looking at how long do we have to discuss it because this uh, is one this, of those films yeah. where you could ha- you could take a day, you know, and still not get through it all. So, right, what are the things, themes, themes, all right, that are going to cross over? You've got the relationship of father and son. Obviously, that is a huge tie-in with the Batman franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, you have, you know, parents looking after children, which I know sounds like the same thing, but it's more, you've got Robert Fisher and Morris Fisher as the father and the son, whereas Leo and his, or Cobb and his kids, that's a different dynamic as well. He is the father trying desperately to get home. Um, well, you've got Michael Caine as a father figure in both films. Oh, that is, that is, or just Michael Caine is just a father. Like, he's a father figure to us. We've never met him. Yeah, you know? that's right. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. So I think we're gonna find, we're gonna kind of wade through a lot of this and make it up as we go along. But mm. I don't. I think we're gonna struggle to to compare them on a on a thematic basis sometimes. Um, Pot- potentially, yeah, because some some lend themselves really well to just mm. the, oh well, that's clearly I can see why you've put those two films together. Um, and then but I also yeah. love the chaos of two films that have nothing to do with each other. Like we're we're comparing one of the most original pieces of cinema to. A comic book movie, so it's not even his idea. That's in fairness, that's very, very true, and that's 
that's one of the things. So Inception is a it's a fantastic summer blockbuster, and it's it's unfortunately become one of the rarities of a summer blockbuster that's not a sequel. It's not just part of a franchise. And look, I'm not talking down the Marvel films. I'm not talking down no, films like absolutely that. Absolutely not. It, it, it's just that it's become a bit more of a rarity and it's because they cost a lot to make this costs I think just under 200 million um, to make now it don't worry it made its money back oh it definitely but, yeah but to take a chance on something like this it's it's a lot more of a gamble than you know for example the Dark Knight is going to get people it's going to get bums on seats yeah without a doubt and to be honest I uh, wasn't when I looked at the numbers I was surprised how close to the Dark Knight the Inception got um, mm. so the Dark Knight was a billion worldwide um, Inception was 820 million, which I can see why there's hesitation around Inception because you've got to use your brain. You really, really do. And whereas I think audiences aren't given enough credit for their ability to stick with a movie, it, I think studios are more like, nope, sequels are what we want. Don't engage your brain. Just turn it off and turn off your brain and watch it. And I, I hate that because Inception proves that. You can use your brain. You're not going to get it on the first run. If you do, you're Christopher Nolan and you made the film. <laughs> but you can still enjoy it, and then that makes it so so re- rewatchable. Like I agree. Like I, I've actually, funny enough, um, I've only seen it. I think through start to finish three times, and I still pick up on things. Yeah. You know, I've done all. I've done all the reading about it now. So there's probably you know there's this and that. Uh, there, there's the disproven theory of the wedding ring that was one i was like oh yeah perfect yeah, yeah. The, the changing totems i never really held a lot of weight to that right. anyway because it's it it tells you the stuff it wants to know nolan doesn't bury yeah. things that deep to was deceptive there was a fantastic um uh, one of the many analyses of the film there's a fantastic quote that just said you know you take where the writer's coming from but that's not the end it's not the only thing sometimes yes a writer can say uh i think the the great example is you know when is a pair of curtains not a pair of curtains it's like well when i tell you it's not a pair of curtains then it's not a pair of curtains so nolan had something in mind when he wrote this film but it's so there's so many layers to this film that you're you're right you, you can't really define in a certain term this means this at this time and it will never mean anything else you can't, um, and that's. I don't always like the. <clears throat> well, just choose the ending you want, or interpret it how you want. It's like that's cool. I'll do that. However, you made the movie. I want to know what your interpretation was. Okay. I want to know where your brain went. Um, so I like that because I think we've spoken of this before. I like the ambiguously open ending. There should, in my opinion, never do a sequel to Inception. No, nope, never not do needed. it. Not needed. Stand, stand alone. Don't yep. do it. I oh, like it, but disagree. I think I think yeah, I think you don't like it. Is that right? And I, I am on an I. I think I'm on an island here. Um, I was willing, I was willing that top to keep spinning. Um, so for a quick refresher, at the end of the movie, Cobb manages to get home to America. Um, I've forgotten his name, but your man that he rescues and does the uh, deal fish, with Fisher. Fish, thank you. Oh no, he, sorry, Saito is the one. Saito, he, sorry, yeah. yes. Um, He's arranged it. Cobb's home with his family. Cobb's with his kids. He can see their faces. So for me, that is done. You're out of the dream world. That's fine because you can't see their faces when you're dreaming. He still puts the spinning top on the table. It continues to spin and he walks away. I 
wish, and I don't know if this is a nerve thing, but when I, I remember this vividly, when I walked out of the cinema, I said, I wish he'd held Nolan had held his nerve and kept the top spinning, because that wobble it may as well have fallen over. What I don't know what that having the but tiniest it, tiniest wobble and then cut but to it black didn't fall over. Yeah, but no, but it's gonna because it doesn't wobble. If it's if it wobbles, that's as good as falling over. So keep it spinning because there's enough pieces there where you know he's out of the dream world that just keep it spinning. Just keep I, it spinning. I know. Ex- no, I do. I know exactly what you mean. And also, who the hell am I to criticize Chris Nolan on how he finishes his film? Well, I mean, you're one no, half of an Englishman and an Irishman, and if that doesn't qualify, yeah, I don't know. Roll credits. Yeah. <laughs> the end. Um, it's no, I, I, I hear you, but. It seems as though, correct me if I'm wrong, you're you're coming from the point of no. I want there to be a definitive ending to this film, whereas I, I don't not, like it not because then because it it's spinning means that he's in a, he's still in the dream world. Hmm. So I think it actually makes it more ambiguous. But there's still enough there to tell you no, he's still awake. It just fell over. When the film fin, when the film ends, if that makes sense. So, one of the other things was Michael Caine. Michael Caine is there, and he doesn't appear in any of the dreams. The mm. biggest point of the movie is that every time the kids turn around, dream over. So the fact that his kids yeah. turn around, he's awake. That's in my books. That's absolutely fine. Um, so keep it spinning. Just keep it spinning. I don't know. I don't know. I think the. I'm sort of, in a way, I'm agreeing with what you're saying. I think the ambiguity is brilliant. I love that there's all of those elements that you mentioned. But just that little wobble. For me, mm. the fact that there was a wobble included, but we didn't see it fall. I like that even more. I just, yeah. Because, so there's one thing that this film completely sticks the ending. In my opinion, completely sticks the ending. In a way that... Dark Knight Rises completely cocks up the ending. Yeah. Because Dark Knight Rises, it sort of does what you're saying. It showed us it when it could have suggested everything. it. It tries to have every ending so nobody could be angry at it, and I don't like it, that. But we're and, not going to compare it to The Dark Knight Rises. Gonna, no, you're right. That's not the one. That. But just, yeah, no, 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 and, I, and, I, and you're totally dead right, but just in terms of ending, yeah. this, it just gives you enough, whereas... Uh, now, okay, Dark Knight Rises. In, in fairness, it went it went way overboard. But the one thing I'm in particular is uh, Michael Caine looks at Chris, Christian Bale, and the camera cuts to Christian Bale. No, it's like for God's sake. Anyway, yeah. look, I, I know, I know, it's not the point of this episode. Could have just done that, it though. Just leave it on Michael Caine. A look, a nod of recognition. Finish the film. That's done. it. Done. Done. End the film. Tingles. Could have been great. I don't even mind as much as other people. Don't even mind the whole Robin thing, but. That. It, don't leave. Don't reveal it earlier. Then or put yeah. him in the movie. I don't need it. Just call him Dick Grayson. Anyway, yeah. listen. We've we, so right. Okay, going so back what, to Inception. The ending, um, that I, the ending that I wish Inception had done is a wobble, then stabilizes, then cut to black. <laughs> still fairly like you know, kind of. Hey, you're, no, you're noticing it. Um, oh, all oh, right. Oh, oh, well, let's. For a second, let's let's pull back from the ending because we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Well, we sort of got to it, but well, yeah. um, <laughs> what I, what what I like so one of the things I I love about this film is that this it, this is this is 
science fiction, right? It, it but is, this is yeah. this is fantasy as well, it and is. this is also a really, really quite realistic film. You know, once you you have to obviously um, suspension of disbelief because mm-hmm. on. I, I am unaware of the fact if we can dive into dreams. Maybe we can. Maybe this is a dream. Who knows? Yeah, not quite. Not like this. Yeah. But one thing that Nolan said inspired him was the era of films, and I, I didn't know this until today, in fact. Now it makes perfect sense. Was the era of films like The Matrix, like Dark City, and like even his own Memento, where you don't know what's real and what isn't. There is, there is Dark City and... Um... Oh, what did you literally just say? Uh, the Matrix and the Matrix all over this. Yeah, without yeah. a doubt. You don't know where you are. Like, right now. End programme. Nope, we're still here. So, but it could easily not be. Yeah, that's, that's, that's grand. Listen, we, we, we'll get the shotguns after this just to be sure, right? But, <laughs> um, but whereas, you know, those films are... It's been a while since I've seen Dark City, but I think I'm right. But those films are somebody else is controlling your reality... Yeah, in Inception, it's, it's, you kind of control your own in a way. Obviously, you've got you different dreams. you don't realise you're controlling it, yeah. That's the thing. That's what's gorgeous. Uh, um, and it's a total head spin. Yeah, like, no. Like, it, op- it sets the tone straight away because the first dr- a dream with... Ah, oh, I've forgotten his name again. Kaito? Uh, Saito. Saito, sorry. Um, Close. Yeah, don't... Oh, I don't... Yeah. Um, well, no, because I was thinking you got... K of Ken Watanabe. Yeah, isn't Kaito the 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 guy from Pink Panther that keeps jumping out at him? Potentially. Anyway, side <laughs> side note: Google that. Um, it, when he's in the dream, he doesn't realize he. They've done multiple levels of dreams there because they're inside his house and then wake mm. up and they're in in the the kind of the slums, and that isn't the dream until he gets the carpet wrong. So. The dreamer really doesn't realise what's going on, um, and I thought it was. It, it, it's then revealed uh, that this whole thing was basically an audition that Saito sets them yes. up for. But there's something to me in so it it you know Cobb is losing his cool and knocks him to the ground, and it's instant. It's just that smile that comes across Saito's face. Yeah, I've got the right and guys. Uh, it's bloody brilliant. And then yeah. on first watch, you're just like, does he just really like carpets? Yeah. But then, you know, the second, third, fourth, and you're just like, oh, it's, to quote Sherlock, the game is afoot. Yeah. It's so, oh. so good. It just, it's one of like, yeah, I know I'm dreaming. Um, and the, the the contraption where they've got him hovering over the bathtub is, oh, this, Oh man, I could gush over how complicated it is. So it comes back later on in the film where you've got the multiple levels and the kicks. The kicks that snap you out of each level. And you've got to do the kicks at the right time so that you go through in sequence. That's the bit you need to watch the film five times to, to, I think, watch it comfortably and not be constantly writing down, this kick is this kick is this Mm. kick. But the way it's... Oh man, I'm going to jump right to the end. The kicks at the end where he's got to wrap them up because there's no gravity so he's got to put them in the lift to create artificial gravity to to kick them out of it i was i i i'm definitely not my my first time watching this i got so lost i did i i yeah obviously i'm yeah like obviously i'm watching what's happening on screen but i i did i got very very lost but not 
I not in the same way I got lost watching Interstellar. I mean, I got lost in that. Wait, what? What level are we on now? Yeah, exactly. And it was uh, the going backwards and forwards of is this the slower level? So I had to work out the time differential of how how long it was. So you're talking now, which is how much time in the next level down? You've just lost an hour. That's what I had to... The slowing down time mm. thing is fine, because, great, you guys can talk for six hours, and it's been a minute up on the on the level above. But I just... To, to bring it back to how good this movie is, name me a movie that's done that. None. I, that is... It's hard to come up with original ideas. It, it is. And, of, and, but, and you know what? It, it is It is very much an original... Obviously, it you know draws a lot from psychology, and it draws a lot from fantasy and sci-fi but it is an original idea because i firmly believe that at this stage there is no original plot we've done them all and now it's all variations on a theme mm-hmm. and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that okay yeah if you completely steal somebody else's idea then yeah right yeah well, the problem dickhead. is between shakespeare and dickens they stole all the original ideas oh yeah sure a lot of shakespeare is from um like folklore yeah um so basically the greeks stole it all first <laughs> bastards um but uh, but that's fine. He does it in an original way, and actually, that's something that we we'll, we can easily discuss now when it comes to we're talking about the Dark Knight, which of course is not you know Batman is not an original Christopher Nolan character. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll definitely cover that more. But with, with Inception, it's you know you take the idea of the maze. You've got Ariadne, and uh, that's directly from uh, I think it's Greek mythology. I think Ariadne and the maze. Yeah, the they pulled her straight out. Yeah. Because uh, I remember, it's the only. If I had to be critical, and that's why you're here, folks. If I had to be critical, it's just like the lads. He's could have called her Alice or yeah, something. Or Do you know what I mean? Like, but it kind of makes sense as well because she is Little Miss Exposition as well. She is the audience. The reason she is there yeah. isn't because she's the best architect in the world. It's because we need somebody that's new to the universe to explain the universe to, so that we as an audience get it. Which I'm fine with, and I think it's actually. I think it's done in a really clever way. I think it's, I, it works. I'm going to stop hiccuping any second now. Well, that's all right. Well, let me frighten you. I hate Inception. No. Um, that is... We, we talked about this just before recording. Just before recording. It could be about four hours, you know. But anyway, it's just yeah. before recording. If I had to criticise something about this film, and I do mean I'm nitpicking here, that's just... There is a bit of clunky exposition sometimes. And it's just... It's like, it's, it's like you said, using your own words against you. It's just... It's a <gasps> totally... Bastard. I know. It's an original idea, it's an original universe, and... Therefore, it needs to be explained, yeah. I didn't say it, you did. No, Um, I I agree, but but I still don't think it's done in a bad way. I I don't think it's bad, I just think there's... It's two and a half hours, which is... That's that's a serious chunk of film. It's long, yeah. Um, But I think a lot of the first, maybe, hour uh, is not bad, like it's... It's still very, very good, but it's the, the the pacing is just a little bit off. Now, once you kick into, I think, kind of the real planning of the heist. Yeah, and, uh, and especially when the heist starts, it is. Yeah, when well, the heist starts, yeah. it's non-stop. Um, and that's when you put The Dark Knight up to Inception. They're both similar lengths. I don't feel it in The Dark Knight. I no. do. I know when I put Inception on, I'm sitting down for a two and a half hour film. Yeah. I know that's what I'm getting into, and it does stop me sometimes. As much as I wanna, I wanna watch it again to understand it, but I've got to carve out two and a half hours to do that. That's that's and 
I mean, it's worth it. But yep. you're gonna that's a good way to spend two and a half hours any day yeah. of the week. Um like but there is an awful lot to keep you going. I think so in the first half of the film, roughly, um some of the better scenes are certainly I love the the whole Mombasa scene is I love it. I wouldn't oh, change a thing. So, just, oh man, when he's running through the gap between the houses, oh. it gets tighter and tighter and tighter. It's like Ooh, that's something yeah. it, this film has got so many genres inside it. That's something you could see in a Bond film. But mm. it's just, bam, we're going to stick a chase in. It's like, apparently, um, the original, like, as in pen to paper day one, it was going to be a horror film. Uh, now, he changed his mind along the way. It's obviously, it's it's not a horror film. But that's quite a horrific element of you can't get away. They're coming to get you. That's, yeah, yeah it's uncomfortable. Well, like, of course, mean, we, if it was a, yeah. No, carry on. I was going to say, like, we obviously saw this first in the cinema, so big screen. So, Warm. small spaces seem a lot smaller on the base, because yes. obviously you know, the human is about 40 yeah. foot tall, but you know what I mean? Uh, and so that is, you know, nails in the armrest kind of mm-hmm. thing. And still, it's still uncomfortable, even knowing what we I know. I know he's going to get out, but I'm like, don't run in there. Please don't run in there. Yeah. Um, however, I am calling bullshit on Saito turning up at the end of that. Fuck you. There's no way you knew where he was. What? Did you just teleport in there? So that one of the arguments is that he's actually dreaming at that point because that's the only way Saito has actually created that. There's 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 two other elements in that scene which I think support the theory that it's a dream. One is that gap and this idea of when you're dreaming, sometimes you know physics is off. And the gap gets more narrow because otherwise, whoever designed those buildings should be shot. Um, <laughs> and also, now this is something again I picked up today. And now I'm either going to make perfect sense or get in serious trouble for what I'm about to say. So when he meets Eames in the cafe and the camera slowly pulling in, there's a bloke at the edge reading the paper. And if you look at it, you know all of the writing is just gobbledygook. Oh man, right? I hate, I love and hate that because. That's not supposition. So, That's not interpretive. That was done deliberately. So, my thing is that was either deliberately there in a dream, or I need to cop on and go and learn the language of yeah, Mombasa. Yeah, yeah, in which case, I am so sorry if I'm wrong, yeah. okay? And I'm sorry for calling an entire language gobbledygook, all right? So, if that is true, my problem is the, the, the viewer knows when it's a dream we get told eventually there's no reveal that that is a dream so yeah. it almost actually i think it does break the movie if that's the case if that is the case then that would support your preferred ending and that the top is still spinning yeah i mean and that just leave it spinning and don't show him the kids faces as well um, yeah but the, uh. i think the single cleverest thing about inception is it's, it takes the biggest and possibly oldest trope of it was all a dream, therefore no consequences, reset button at the end, and it puts it at the front of the movie and it says, yep, it is all a dream, you know why, and this is why it matters. And that's brilliant. It's I'm happy with it all being a dream because everybody knows it's a dream. Everyone's in on it. It's not a sudden reveal. Mm. No one's now back from the dead because it was a dream. And also, if you get stuck in the dream, you are f- screwed. You are buried. <laughs> That's true. That was so... Uh, okay, one one thing... All right, I, I said I wasn't going to criticise anymore. 
His wife is called Mal. Her name is literally Bad. Bad. I know. Uh, bad dream. Yeah. And I look, I love Marion Cotillard. She's just fantastic and, you know, fight me. But I think it's the yeah. for me it's the weakest bit of the film. I think the the I think I like I think you need something that's distracting Cobb. I think the full the film falls apart if you don't. However, those are the bits of the film where I'm kind of like, can we get on with it? And just, just, just a don't, tad. Don't, don't hate I, me. I like her in. I like her in the opening. I like. The, I like that whole scene. I think it's quite That's strong. That's awesome because it's, it's like, who's this and why she just fucked up everything we've put into motion? No, 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 never exactly. mind. Yeah, uh, and then I, I always laugh as well. You know when he uses her as the anchor, he's repelling down the side of the building, and then she's gone from the chair. And at that point, we don't know like what's going on. Of course, she's no. just, she's not another agent she's him anyway yeah? but yeah. but I think that's really, really good yeah. Um, um, but yeah there's it's overdone I'm, I'm gonna say it now um, like yeah. for example when uh, himself and Ariadne are uh, he's introducing Ariadne to the idea of dream creation okay that's fine we get it she's an issue then she comes back again and she comes back again and it's just <coughs> overdone um, yeah. and you know, again, who the hell am I to be criticising Chris? Well, well, I'm one half of an Englishman and an Irishman, so, you know, here we go. Hey. But uh, what would you have done instead, though? Again, that's an excellent question, what would I have done instead? Because um, I think you need that element of the movie. I just, I don't know if it... It's, it's it gives, it gives it Cobb an emotion. Yeah, it elevates it from a standard um, heist movie, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it could have just been Ocean's Eleven in Dreams. Yes, and, and yes, it could because he's not. In fact, he's not doing this for money. He's doing this to get back to his kids, and yeah. that's, that's that's great. And is he's obviously he's trying to stop himself through Mal, and and maybe that's why I feel it's a tiny bit overdone because I'm just like, dude, give yourself a break. Yeah, and I think you may. I think that might be it. Is stop being so hard on yourself. It's a tragedy, but you literally did everything you could. I've, I mean, oh no, maybe, no, it is kind of his fault because he made her believe, didn't he? He locked it away. Well, well that's right. So one of my, I've I, I, just a couple of, say, comparing Dark Knight and Inception. And one of the things I have is that this is his fault. It No, it is. Yeah, I take yeah. that back. Um, don't, don't ease up on yourself. This is your fault. Frankly, because he's, like, he says when, when, when he meets... Um, uh, yeah, Michael Caine's character Stephen um, oh good good Paul I literally can't remember his name um, he's Michael what, Caine what, while you google that so, so when he meets Michael my Caine my name is Michael Caine hey, exactly uh, his kind of his explanation as to why he's a criminal is that oh I couldn't get any legal jobs after what happened it's like oh, okay I'm, I'm presuming what happened is the death of Mal fair yeah. enough but that's kind of it like, um, that's the they- explanation they want to lock him up, don't they? I, I, I yeah, assume sorry, they wanted so to lock him up because... She organised it that her suicide would look like a murder. Yes, that's it, to force his um, hand. Yeah. So that he would have to then kill himself to come out of the dream she thought she was in. Yeah. Or potentially is in. I mean... She might be is, living the best life. Yeah, it is absolutely... Um, it's absolutely... It is tragic. It is phenomenally tragic that they build this perfect world, get pulled out of it, and she can't deal with that. Um, and no matter what Miles, Michael Caine, Thank um, you. does to reassure Cobb, 
he's going to feel like shit yeah. forever because of that. But and it is it's it's almost like it's like a holodeck thing. I'm going to stop cutting you off any second now, but I won't. Um, it, it's almost a holodeck thing. I think if we had holodecks from Star Trek. It ain't going to be like you see it on Star Trek. It is going to be more like Inception. Of you will lose people. You will lose people in there. Because yeah. why I, would you come out? Why? Well, exactly. What's what's the point? Like, I if don't you could really live this ideal life. Out. Yeah, I mean, because you can live entire lifetimes at the level they get to. Yeah. So what's what's he want to do? Go and check the sports? Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like you know, you can create anything. I don't, I don't know why it it's. For him, it's purely because he knows it's not real. That's that's yeah. that's the only reason, isn't it? I mean, but is there relate? But then again, so and again, maybe this is just I, I should have written this down. They've had their kids by then, haven't they? Uh, I mean, so yeah, no, well, yeah, because they couldn't have had kids after she died. But that's what that's what. <laughs> but doesn't I mean? How much is the gap between them coming out of that dream world? And her suicide. I don't certainly don't think it's long enough for them to have no, two kids. No, 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 it's not. No, I think the kids are already there. Um, which begs the question: Why? Why go in why, at all? Why go in at all if yeah. you've got the kids? Maybe it's, it makes, just, it's an addiction, it, perhaps. That I, I, that I think it's that. I think it's just they, they have to go in, and it, it allows a little bit more sympathy for Cobb because, like, I want to come up and see my kids would be nice, yeah. and makes Mal a little less sympathetic. But the difference between them is that. Cobb still has his totem and Mal doesn't. So, as far as Mal is concerned, there are no kids on the outside to look after. They've got their life on the inside and that's it. Cobb, if Cobb had locked his totem away as well, probably wouldn't have come out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. God, this film that, is good. They, I was about to say the same thing. Because they kind of say that from the beginning, is that they locked the, that Mal locked something away in a place where she can't find it. Uh, and obviously, you eventually find out it's the totem. The fo- this, the foreshadowing in this film, is done so so well. There is not a Chekhov's gun in sight. It is just when you get to the payoff, it's like, oh, he told us that right at the beginning, but in such a subtle way that we, it's just part of the film, and that that's good foreshadowing. Um, one of my favorite. Well, I mean, I love the payoff of uh, Robert Killian Murphy's character even though he is completely played by these guys and they play him like a violin oh completely i love that payoff because you've got morris fisher the late great pete postlewaite who dies i mean in the first yeah yeah the first half of the film like so he is dead when they go into the dream and it's about obviously killian murphy and it's uh about you know him coming to terms with father so they massively help him by yeah. completely lying to him. And it's not... They don't really... They don't want to help him, but... Not at all, no. It is very satisfying that it's it's the teary... It's He's kind of got tears in his eyes on the airplane, doesn't he? He is... Mm. He has dealt with so many demons in that nap. That is the best night's sleep that he has ever had. It's that has fixed like, my, everything. What was in that drink? <laughs> it was amazing. I, I love... Um... You, you mentioned Chekhov's gun there. Now, and I agree with you, there isn't a Chekhov's gun. This is just pure foreshadowing. But the broken picture and the... Uh, I can't remember what they're called now. The the wheel. Um, the Anyway, the thing that was in the safe. 
Um, I, I, I can't remember what they're called. The wind blows them around. It's anyway. It's what they open the safe at the end, and that's what Morris Fisher's been keeping oh, in the safe. Oh, sorry. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. yes. The, um, the little wind, the the fan, the thing on the stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The wind, yeah. wind turbine thing. And I think that is just beautiful. Like oh. you could watch this as a beautiful coming coming of age film, coming to terms film, if you like. Yeah. I uh, think uh, that. Uh, oh, sorry, I think that moment gets undersold because that's their plan. That's part of Cobb's plan. They've that's the thing that's in the safe and that seals the deal that's that's the the culmination of the heist is that plants that that inceptions the entire idea into his brain that's it mm. without that it could fall apart exactly it's just like it's these if you like this group of baddies technically yeah um now they they do try and it's not done badly, but they do try and put a, oh, that foundation is bad. Oh, we don't want them to anything. So it's kind of like, ah, lads. Evil corporate lads. is evil. Like, I mean, whatever way you want to phrase it, you are conducting mind rape. Yeah, all right. So listen. Let's, let's not kid ourselves. You yeah. are doing something wrong here. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's a guy just, you know, he's grown up in the shadow of an unloving, uncaring father. And as you say, best night's sleep ever. And, you know, he wakes up, presumably, wakes up, and he's like, okay, I'll go and do something different. This is great, yeah. you know. So I'm guessing money's not really an issue for this guy. Screw all the people who are about to lose their jobs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as I say, <laughs> yeah. Saito's there laughing. It'll he's like, right, I'll just shut down another corporation. Yeah. Um, um, right, so, wrap-up thoughts. Anything else you want to say about Inception? Um, I... Anything ha- negative? Anything negative? Um... So I've mentioned... Okay, so I have my exposition criticism. Um, I think pretty much most of the acting is top-notch. Um, I... Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if I'd really single anyone out there. Effects are amazing. You asked me for criticism, I'm telling you what's good. Um, <laughs> this is great. You're great. You're just... You're yeah, like every, every partner I've ever had just ignoring what I've asked. Yeah, well... <laughs> Listen, um, I I'm just if there was anything else I wanted to mention. Oh no, now I I literally I it, it's gonna be a love letter. I it love is. this film. I, you know, yeah. it's the humor in the film as well. So the little moments like the when um, Cobb is explaining the kick to Ariadne, and just Joseph Gordon-Levitt's chair gets knocked. He's who. I was like, that's a kick. I was like, you motherfucker, there was no need for that. And the repeated <laughs> falling off the chair to wake him up, that mini montage, that's probably my favourite montage in the world, and it cracks me up every time. Because no, watching people fall over it never gets old. It's why fail really? videos on YouTube are so big. Give me ten minutes of people falling down and I will laugh. Does it make me a bad person? Yes. Will I laugh? Yes. That's alright. These people are bad people, but we root for them. Yeah, that's fine. Kick them, push them what? down. You've got, like, what is it? You've got a drug dealer chemist. You've got a thief. <laughs> you've got... Um, I, don't, I love that. Like, you know, the job is not altogether legal. No. All right, then. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. Let's go. You've got, we haven't even talked about Tom Hardy. And just... I oh, love Ian. Just sweating coolness. Just perspiring all of the awesome that, that any human can perspire. Uh, he's so, so good. This for me, this is up there with Tom Hardy's best roles. Absolutely, this is where it's Tom Hardy's name always gets thrown around as Bond. This is the film where I was just like, "This is the Bond I want." 
Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Eric um, he's yeah. Oh, he 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 plays to perfection. But listen, as you say, right, we're coming up to the hour mark on this, so and we have another film to discuss. We do. We've deliberately gone long on um, Inception because Dark Knight, I think, is the one that people have seen more. Um, I'm not saying that Inception is some kind of indie film that no one's heard of, but Dark Knight is Batman's the story that everyone knows. Um, it, and I, I think it's a little less deepy um, than than a little less deepy than Inception. Yeah, so more people will have seen um, Dark Knight, so that's kind of the logic behind that. So Dark Knight, the best Batman movie ever made, easily. Yeah, yeah. Um... I mean, Batman Forever probably a close second. Well, this was a shorter podcast than I thought about it, guys. Thank you very much for joining us uh, for this, our final episode of An Englishman and an Irishman. Um, no, actually, I... So, my, my, my partner asked me earlier on, um, and I was stunned because he was interested, but he asked me earlier on, um, what, how would you rank the Batman films? Uh, the, the, oh, man, now, that's a podcast episode on its own. It is. All right, for, for me, I'll just roll this off really quickly. Well, Dark Knight, Batman Begins, potentially Dark Knight Rises... Batman Forever, Batman A, possibly Batman v Superman, Batman eighty nine. Um, we've we've disagreed already. That's we, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's okay. Um, we'd have then Forever, Batman and Robin, Justice League, and somewhere in a universe of its own, Batman sixty six. Because it's not fair to put that one up against the rest. No, that's that's fair. Um, it's man, this just this went comic book film. I think Batman Begins took the comic book film recipe, flushed it down the toilet and said, let's set it in the real world and make it realistic. Dark Knight Rises then said, cool, Batman Begins did an okay job. This is the movie we need to make. We, I think everything that can be said about it has been said. The Joker, Heath Ledger, um, Commissioner Gordon, um, oh, Gary, Gary Oldman, mm-hmm. phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Christian Bale, I don't like as Batman, sue me. But... I love his Batman. I don't like his Bruce Wayne. Um, I that's, that's yeah. my problem. So he ain't no detective. Uh, well, you're right. Sorry, that I will agree with that straight away. World's greatest detective. No, this Batman isn't. All right. Yeah. The Dark Knight of the three of them goes the furthest toward trying to show him as a detective, but whether it's runtime is the issue or there's just because there's a lot in this film and this is what this goes back to what you were saying earlier on when you sit down to watch inception there is that hesitation of it's two and a half hours long even though it's fantastic Mm -hmm. it's two and a half hours long this is also two and a half hours long but it just goes like that it is non-flipping stop every Uh, single scene just follows on from the other from the bank opening with the bank scene and not knowing that the Joker is there mm-hmm. to him being that just and the way you know that oh man you just know what this is going to be because of the the physicality that the Joker has he's got that slightly odd limp he's got a he's got that weird tick it's, you know you're in for a bit of a different movie straight away um, that was it. I, as you said like uh, an, an awful lot has been said about the film and particularly uh, well obviously uh, about Heath Ledger's interpretation of the Joker and I remember at the time um, being very very excited for this film um, and thankfully it paid off but the one thing that everyone seemed to say or seemed to be saying at the time was but sure Jack Nicholson is the Joker you know he's done the definitive Joker interpretation and 
I'm not going to say, ah, you know, spoke too soon. Because I understand, because that same phrase was being said before the Todd Phillips Joker film. What's your Heath Ledger is the Joker? Oh, absolutely. And I can't hear that seriously anymore. Mm. Ever. No matter what. So they could say, we're going to redo the next generation. We're going to recast everything. And I still wouldn't say, no, it's not going to work. Because you can't, until you've seen it, you don't know. I'm not going to tell you it's a good idea. Is it necessary? No. But it doesn't mean it's going to be bad content. Mm, It doesn't mean that the final product is going to be a bad thing. Um, And to be honest, yeah, Jack Nicholson's Joker is okay, but it didn't... I mean, obviously I didn't see it when it came out, but it didn't do masses for me. It still just seemed like cartoon Joker on 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 the screen. This Joker, Heath Ledger's Joker, I don't want to meet him in any situation. God, he's no. terrifying. He is. He, he makes me want Batman. He he is. <laughs> that's the other reason that makes you want Batman. I mean, the, yeah. <laughs> the physique, if nothing else. But no. Um, so, right, this Joker is potentially one of my favourite comic book character interpretations of, yeah. and I know it's I very different universe. I'm including Marvel and that because. because this is, you know, at the risk of being shot, this is not a comic book movie in the way that, you know, we can describe comic book movies as even the Superman films or, because I don't want to go straight to Marvel, but a lot of the Marvel yeah. films would be... You can't not. Uh, um, because and they have very, very successfully, they have done wonders for mm. comic book movies. This, so this is, is why I don't... Sorry, this is why I don't like labels. I really struggle with putting genres on films because yeah. technically, the only thing that makes this a comic book film is the costume. Mm-hmm. That that's it. It's not whatever a comic book movie is, whether that's just a bit bit camp and a bit Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Frost. This isn't it. This is not just a good comic book film. This is a good film. That's a perfect description. It is. And you can you can watch it standalone as well. Like, yeah, absolutely. You don't particularly. It's 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 made in such a way that you don't need the backstory of why he is Batman. Most people alive know why Batman is Batman. But yeah, even if you enough, don't, that scene's been done. The the pearl necklace oh. in the in the in the street been done a couple of times now. It just just I, I, I feel bad. I think so. I think are they in the Guinness Book of Records for the most times people have been murdered on screen? Is poor Thomas yeah. and Martha Wayne? Um, Martha. Oh no, we're not going there. Um, no, not. And you know what? It's a credit to Batman Begins because that yeah is is a good film in its own right. It's on its own. I love it. it is it is my number two fa- It's my number two Batman film without a doubt. Um, I I did think for a while um, that it was my number one, but no, I, there's there's parts of right with you there Um, and the only thing that's proved that wrong is how many times I've seen Dark Knight since it came out compared to how many times I've seen Batman Begins yep I hear that yep that's the only thing that's proved me wrong over time I think and I have a lot of love for Dark Knight Rises when when I say it's not as good as the Dark Knight I mean that's not a criticism do you you know what I mean you can't you you can't compare it it's not and it's frustrating because it's not the movie it's not the movie they were going to make. There was no intention of Heath Ledger not being with us anymore. Uh, from what I've heard, Heath Ledger was going to make an appearance. He may not have been the main villain, mm. but he was going to be in that film, maybe even helping Batman. As uh, he's in prison, Batman talks to him, and it brings him home truths 
that helps him defeat Bane. But Heath Ledger dying and the move of City it I, he, spoils well, the film. I mean, you're right, because um, I'm pretty sure it begins as well, but certainly Dark Knight was filmed in and around Chicago. And the pair of them, yeah, absolutely. The, yeah, whereas The Dark Knight Rises is very clearly Manhattan. Unmistakably New York. And I don't... It, it, I think we've talked about this previously, yeah. not on a podcast, but the... The Dark Knight Rises is largely set during the day, which makes it even more apparent that this is the wrong city. This isn't Gotham. Sure, one of the... Not the introduction of Bane, obviously, but I think the introduction of Bane in Gotham City-ish, you know, he breaks into the New York Stock Exchange. Yeah, like, really? <laughs> it's kind of like, and then, is dude. it Dodgers Stadium they go to as well? It's, oh, yeah. yeah like, um, really? And you've picked, he may as well be walking around in the Eiffel, in the, in the Eiffel Tower, Lord <laughs> Jesus, in the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> um, and, but, yeah, poor Al, poor You might wonder why a man would step inside the Statue of Liberty and wander around Manhattan. Because he was <laughs> lost? Um, yeah. The, I mean, but yeah, so Dark Knight Rises of Forge, it doesn't stick the landing, but it's it's coming from a very, very high place. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's a di- it's a disappointing end to an amazing to an amazing trilogy. To be honest, isn't um, it? Well, that's like stop it's... reviewing Dark Knight Rises. Back it in. <laughs> Just because I have to. Enough. All right, let's. Well, back on track. Dark Knight. Dark Knight. So it's Speaking obviously. Of which, I hate that it's called the Dark Knight Rises. Stop it. Make it. It's, give it its own title. It's not the sequel to the Dark Knight. It's the thir- It's the sequel to Batman Begins. Stop it. Ian, stop reviewing The Dark Knight Rises. We've talked about this, for God's sake. But, I mean, you're You've right. You've got a problem. You've got, you're right. So, um... You I, think darkness is your ally? I was born in the dark. Right um, by it. So, I, I'm assuming that... I'm, I'm assuming, Ian, that you have read this, but I'm to... Whoever is listening to this, uh, I don't know if you read comics or if you don't, but... The, the Dark Knight, while not directly inspired on any one comic, it takes a lot of inspiration from, I think it's 1996's The Long Halloween. And if you haven't read that, I strongly recommend you read that. If you are not a comic book fan, you will still love The Long Halloween. So I had read this before seeing The Dark Knight. So Dark Knight came out 2008, right? So at this point, which is boggles the mind, 1996 mm. was not that long before that. And it made that trill that uh, trium- triumvirate tri- triumvirate big Triumph- word. Well thank- done. Have a seat. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. I've just been squatting this whole time, but now I'm going to sit down. <laughs> uh, of Gordon Dent and Batman. Mm. That's what the film is about. The Joker is not so much a character as he is a plot device, but used fantastically. Yeah. The characters of the film are Batman, Dent, and Gordon. And he, he, I, oh man, I'm probably going to get some disagreement on this, but I think Dent is the weakest bit of the film. I will, I'll agree in some bits. Um, his arc, I love because I, spoiler, Two Face has always been my favourite of the Batman's Rogue Gallery. Um, some of the Dent bits are hammy. Yeah, and that—that's it. He's—he's too—he's too nice to like, and this is why we're humanity is doomed to be a cesspit of arguing, 
assholes because Dent is a perfect person and I don't like him. It's now whether <laughs> what do we but you're right, but whether we're just conditioned that eventually something will come out. Oh, I I mean that's I think that's being generous. I would love it if that was the case, but it is just I don't like smarmy people. And he is he's he's doing the right thing. He is locking people up. That courtroom scene where he's arrested every corrupt motherfucker in Gotham and has put them in the same try in the same room. It is like, yep, we're gonna do this right now. I love that, but the stuff surrounding it, I'm like, oh, just stop being so smarmy. Stop being such a goody goody. It, maybe it's just because we're expecting dirt to come from our politicians and stuff. But I mean, you're right. Um, and yeah, um, I didn't particularly. So okay, well, this is this is good. So we do have criticism of this film, and one of the criticisms is something some of the things they've done with Dent, and I think there was um, now. I don't think this ever got as far as a final draft, but an idea of Dark Knight and Dark Knight 2, not Dark Knight Rises, was Mm. that Harvey would stay Harvey for all of this film and during the Joker's trial would be scarred with acid and become Two-Face in the Dark Knight 2. And they decided not to do that. They decided there was enough in this film that they could have his arc. I was initially... I, I, I will admit, I was initially a little bit disappointed with how quickly he became Two-Face in this. Uh, and I totally agree. And I think that's better. I think his arc isn't long enough. I, I, I think so. and it's, it's because he goes from perfect to broken. And then I was, I was shocked when they killed him. I was like, well, why did you it, do that? What else do you do with him? Because I think you know that this, the next film is going to be the last one. So I don't think why carry him on, but either make him Two-Face earlier in the movie, or not at all. So then you've got the Harvey Dent movie, and you've got the Two-Face movie. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm talking myself out of that, because then you leave the film, on a, you leave the Dark Knight on a cliffhanger. Whereas right now, the Dark Knight is a solo film. It doesn't need anything yeah. else, does it? I agree and I don't. I I, I agree that it's Perfect. You, like it never. It didn't particularly need a sequel, but it does end on a cliffhanger. He's a fugitive. They're chasing him. That's that's why I take that. I yeah. Do you no, know I what I mean? Like yeah. But then Batman's always a fugitive. That's just cool. Story ends there. He's on. He's on the run. But there's an understanding. The police are still going to let him do his. Batman's never been playing by the rules. Vigilantes aren't okay. He's still breaking the law. But there's an understanding that it's for you know what you're doing us a solid here. Yeah, and there's always that fine line, which something I think these films did very well, and this is all three of them now, is that he walks that line like a razor's edge. <laughs> yep. Um, and of course, you have what I think. Yeah, I, I I don't think this is a controversial opinion. I think the scene of the trilogy is the interrogation scene, Batman and it, Joker. Oh man, it is. Yeah, it no, it just is. From the second Batman appears. It's like the t- literally the tables have turned. Batman's now your worst nightmare, Joker. And yet the Joker's oh. still completely in control. I oh, love he's exactly it. Exactly where he wanted to be. It's so. I mean, it's again as you say. There's probably nothing we can say that hasn't been said. But just if that was a film to itself, I would watch that. Absolutely, Dead, without know? a doubt. Yeah. Um, but then we'd be sitting there going, like you know, kind of, oh, nothing happens. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I was yeah. like, man, I wish they'd made this into a Batman film and not yeah. just an interview scene. Exactly. Damn us brains. Um, to, you could argue that the Joker doesn't step a foot wrong the entire film. Mm-hmm. Even at the very, very end, he knows Batman ain't going to kill him. So in, in Joker doesn't care that he's going to prison. doesn't matter. Um, it's fine. Everything has gone exactly as he planned. He doesn't really care if anybody lives or survives. Some people died, some people didn't. Grand. He has been as chaotic as he wanted to be. Um, his, this is where the Harvey Dent storyline is better in you know how the Joker responds or how the Joker manipulates, if you like, mm. Harvey. Because he doesn't really have to do very much. He doesn't, and that's why I don't... This, oh, man, even when Harvey turns bad, I don't like it because that was too easy. Like, what you, You've just bent over so quick. This belittles everything that you did at the start of the film. If you were that easy to turn, were you even good? There was uh, something I read today. Now, I, I don't know if this is news or not. It pro- probably isn't, but... That, what news about a twelve-year-old film? Well, that's what it is, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, here, here's my hot take. Um, Breaking news. <laughs> but so, The Dark Knight, which was a phrase coined by Bill Finger in 1941. Uh, Bill Finger, who needs to get as much recognition as Bob Kane, so they created Batman together. But The Dark Knight is also, in a little bit, a play on Harvey Dent's White Knight. So, The Dark Knight—it's not just yeah. Batman. It's also the fact that Harvey becomes this dark mirror of himself. Um, well, the whole, the whole, uh, what, what do you call it? Not aperitif, that's a starter. Motif, there we go, oh, yeah. words, French words. <laughs> the whole motif of the film is the hero we need, not the hero we deserve. I. That's that's the yeah. film in a nutshell. I, I didn't get that for quite a long time. I, I was an idiot <laughs> when this film came out. Um, What's like, changed? I don't know. I don't know. About Sorry. three or four centimetres of hair. Um, but uh, um, I, I, I don't know I, I, not that this is a bad thing but I didn't get that the whole need versus deserve thing and maybe yeah. that was because I I didn't believe Gotham was good enough to have a hero like Harvey Dent yeah it didn't uh, but- deserve no, Harvey and Dent. You know, equally, it doesn't deserve Batman. What I think, I think that's missing from some Batman films is the good people of Gotham. I'm not seeing it. Why are you trying to save this place that is 90% apparently superhuman bad guys and scumbags and mafia? Like, there's not a lot here worth saving. Apparently, there, there, there really isn't. Um, and I no begi- begins. It's Rachel. He like yeah. save Gotham for Rachel, and and I think um, it's it's always annoying when things are recast, and it was annoying that Rachel was recast. I, I I think Katie Combs was good in the role. I think Maggie Gyllenhaal was good in the role. You know, and I know there was the scheduling issues, which is why she didn't return for the Dark Knight. It would have been a nice continuity, but I think yeah, Maggie Gyllenhaal did a great job, um, and she's given enough to do that she's elevated above. Damsel in distress. There is an element of that, but she oh, e- she stands up to Joker. She's just like, nope, fuck this. I again, I mean, talk about scenes that are fantastic, but yeah. uh, that that whole one. There is the the slight issue of you know, you know, you've got a little fight in you. I like that. Then you're gonna love me. Nobody saw him walk into the room. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> well, he's he's Batman. He's Batman. Yeah, um, he's Batman. But yeah, so Batman Begins. You had Rachel Dawes and and of course Alfred are and Lucius Fox. Okay, three people. In a city of however many million. Yeah. Dark Knight 
you've argued, well, by the end of the film, you've got Leto, I suppose Gordon, but you know what I mean, you've got... Well, just, Lucius Fox is checking out as well, isn't he? Yeah, because he's... Because he's, like, he's done something. His Batman's rule is don't kill. Lucius Fox's rule is don't use this technology. Nah, he uses it. Nah. Um, I, you know, I like the idea of some people deserve to have their faith rewarded. Why didn't you just tell him? Yeah. That's that is a that is a criticism. It's like that that, that thing, was a reveal yeah. that didn't need to be revealed. No. It it there's no benefit to it other than for the audience. That's it. Just tell him. Just it's also arguably a massive fucking risk to not tell him and to not clue him in. Yeah, exactly. Like what if he just walked away? Yeah. It's like uh, you're in trouble. Um So so that is a criti- I that that is an issue with the script in my in my opinion. Um yeah. and I Am I going to say this? I think I'll say this. I do not have an issue, I think, with any of the Joker scenes. Nope. I think... Yeah, I think I, I think, I think all of them. Um, now, I don't know, maybe maybe I just need to go and take more time, And but I've had 12 years. So, you know, I think it's... <laughs> having reflected... No, I think it's... Yeah, it's great. I think it's... Uh, you know... Oh, man. I already know who's going to win this. Um, the, I don't think the Dark Knight has enough Batman... I, oh, I that's actually, that's, that's a great, and that is my, again, you've told me not to, but give me one more second, my biggest criticism of Dark Knight Rises, biggest criticism, is that there's fuck all Batman in it. It's, it, it bugs the living bejeebas uh, out of me, especially with origin films. Get to the hero. I don't need the hero in the last five minutes, which is why Iron Man, I think, is the perfect origin movie film, yeah. because... You see so much Iron Man all the way through the film. I don't have to wait until the last five minutes. Actually, you've just raised. Sorry, you've just reminded me of a really good thing. So, I, I think Iron Man is a fantastic film. Um, brilliant way for kickstart in the Marvel Universe. Iron Man, with all the love of my body, it has aged. Oh, I'll fight you on that. I, and I, I, I will take that. I don't necessarily mean in the CGI, I just mean it feels a little bit older now. Dark Knight doesn't, and they came out the same year. It, um, so okay. Iron I, Man um, feels older than the Dark Knight, but the Dark I Knight... I might agree with you on that one. You know what, Iron Man... Yeah, mentally in my head, I can imagine Iron Man being alongside Fantastic Four. Yes. Dark Knight, I can imagine coming out last week. I think, I think I'm with you on that one, but I think that says more about Dark Knight than it does Iron Man. Oh yeah, that's... that's I mean, like... Love Iron Man, you know... We'll do. We'll do a series on that. Oh, we'll do a series. On he that. built it from scraps. Yeah. In a cave. It was great, and they just <laughs> let him. It's as much on them as it is on anyone. It's fine. Yeah. Tony Stark built uh, this. But um, oh my God, I was being slow. You were quoting <laughs> Obadiah Stane. Oh. How did you not catch that? I don't. I only watched it recently as well. Um, like, Sir, we can't build the arc reactor. Tony Stark built it with scraps in a cave. Jeff Bridges do more films. Just oh man, biggest crime. Jeff Bridges bring him back in all of the Marvel films. Everything. Death means nothing in the superhero universe. It doesn't. The only bad guy, other than Loki, who isn't really a bad guy, and Thanos that I'm on board with is Obadiah Stane. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, Sorry, we're talking about the Dark Knight. (laughs) Yeah, some some little film. Yeah, some little Nolan film. Um. So, no. I did. I did kind of a, a comparison, if you like, of Batman and Cobb, just for the episode that that's in it, right? And Cobb doesn't come off looking well. I have to say. <laughs> um, so 
They're... Considering you're comparing him to a man that kneecaps people, that's <laughs> but, the same kind of thing. But it's, my first thing that I have written, Batman v. Cobb. So they're both criminals. Batman wins. Batman wins. Well, because I ain't <laughs> fighting him. Batman's a vigilante, whereas Cobb's a thief. Cobb does it for personal gain. Batman doesn't. Um, now, I know... I would, argue, I would argue that. I think Batman's extremely selfish. Uh, well, 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 don't necessarily disagree with that. I think he is... Is there a difference in ter- in the context of this conversation? Is there a difference between selfish and self-centered? The pro- the, I know grammatically there isn't, but no, I think you might be right. I th- I would love to have this debate. I think Batman uses fighting the good fight as a mask. Literally, thank I didn't even mean that, but he uses it as a mask because what he really wants to do is to punish every criminal because every criminal reminds him of the people that killed his parents. Every- he doesn't give a- doesn't care about justice. Doesn't care. It is just a grudge, and I will, I will fight that corner. I, and that's what differentiates him from Superman. Y- yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, so, oh, I don't like Superman. I, I like him more from some of the comics I've read. Uh, I really enjoy half of Man of Steel. I think it's a great um, origin story. I think the yeah. whole smash bang thing at the end is just it just kind of loses itself. Um, I, I, it's my favourite Superman film by oh by by a country not mile. even close. Yeah. Although the the Christopher Reeve films, the first two at least, uh, are closer in spirit to what say what the elevator pitch for Superman is. He is the Boy yeah. Scout. He is the you know the hero. He is the complete antithesis of Batman. Yeah, absolutely, definitely, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Even Brandon Roof Superman, I like. Uh, I yeah. think that gets that gets pooped upon far too much although i'm seeing a little bit of a resurgence mm. on in in online stuff that he's time has been yeah a bit time has been it. kinder to it not to kevin spacey rightfully so but to brandon roof superman in particular yeah can we please please stop talking about other films <laughs> well do you know what okay so a good a good thing about the dark knight which it's it's so good is that it's become something of a tentpole. It's you know it's the benchmark. It, yeah, it's like you know, is the film as good as Dark Knight? Nine times out of ten, no. Um, no and it, and that's that's nine great. Nine times out of ten, you're comparing comic book films to it. It isn't a, whatever you want to define a comic book film as. It ain't that. That's it. So it is. It's it. a straight film. There is nothing. Uh, now maybe some. Uh, smarter people than me will turn around and say like actually listen the the sonar thing is total ludicrous I highly doubt that it is you know I think it's quite straightforward really you just use all the you know GPS in all of our phones conspiracy I, yeah. theories I but yeah the, the, the like, picture quality wouldn't be that good but the, the theory is sound even if that picture isn't necessarily what's coming across but it's a CGI representation that the computer has thrown together yeah. fine it's a holodeck that works so I really appreciate the fact that the Joker apparently can move at the same speed as Superman. So Coleman <laughs> Reese rings into the, you know, Gotham today and, you know, or, or he appears on it going, I know who the Batman is. And, and so the Joker rings him and then says, I'm going to blow up a hospital. Well, how the bloody hell did you get all those explosives? How long have you either? How long have you been planning this? Which is possible. Exactly. How yeah. long have they been there? That's the real question. Yeah. Like, for, for God's sake, you know, surely the janitor saw something. The explosives on the boats. The, the explosives in the building. There are three different locations that are potentially blown to shit. Four, sorry, four, because you've got the police station, 
Dent's oh, yeah. building, um, Rachel's building. Wait, two boats. You have five fuck off structures that are laced with dynamite. How has he done this? That's the because because this is such a straight film, and because this is it's so grounded Sorry, in the hospital. Realism. Six. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah, like how you know, but because it's so grounded in reality, and and it and it goes to quite a lot of pains to really like hammer home the fact of like no, there is no man of tomorrow coming in to save the day. Because if there was, the joke would be done like that. Yeah, you know, Superman turns up, boom, squashed. Well, exactly. Yeah, but it's 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 the it's the one. And okay, you suspend disbelief. That's fine. But because it's so realistic. It's the it's the one thing that works against it. You're asking for trouble, aren't you? That, that's it. It's you haven't having your cake and eating it, or mm. eating your cake and having it. Is, um... It's and you know things like that are. That's when we get into you know I suppose you call it the nitpicking, you mm. know, and because it's not such a glaring thing that it's a bit like, well, what? It, yeah. It's not like that. It's still. It doesn't take me out of the movie. I've, I find it ludicrous now because it's the first time after twelve years I've really thought about the the logistics. Of, that it's mind-boggling how we managed to get everything into all of the locations. Mm. Um, and you know what? I don't need an explanation. If the movie had explained it, I would have been like, "You didn't need to tell me that." And, and that's the fear: is if you show too much, yeah. you'd end up. You know, and that's where. And I'm so sorry to say it. That's my problem with Inception. Is it just shows a little bit too much. But it has to. I know, I know. And it's, it's a bit like, Sean, make up your mind. I know. Yeah, no, you dick. Um, uh, the, so the, the, what's the word? The the gimme, the, um, oh, the, the ex, not the ex-machina, but the, oh, the thing that allows it to do its thing. The, what's the word? The, the okay, so the, the the thing that allows the dreams to happen, that's the oh the, um, the MacGuffin. Is, yeah, is the that MacGuffin, the thing? Thank yeah. you, the MacGuffin. That's exactly it. The MacGuffin is the thing. You're allowed one MacGuffin per movie. I don't need to know how it works, but I need the context of what it does. So I don't need the technology inside it or who invented it, but I need to know that it creates the world and then you populate it with other people. And I think Inception does that beautifully. I think it is so original. You lose a lot. If you assume that people are going to work stuff out on their own, I yeah. think it undersells yeah. your it undersells Nolan's imagination if he doesn't add a bit of context to it. Fair and we Not are fair. we are we are fine to disagree on that, yeah. but I, I I think Inception's a worse movie without the explanation. Oh, do you say it's a worse movie with the explanation? No, or, it's or... a worse it's a worse movie without the explanations in it. If you, if you remove all of that stuff, it makes. Oh, it sorry. Yeah, that, that yeah, was sorry. Yeah. That, that that was the wine kicking in. No, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I I I will, I, I will give you I will give you that one. Um, because it sounds like I'm trying to not like Inception, and I'm not because I I think it's a fantastic film. Um, and and I think do you know what? To be fair, I think that just ties back into my issue, which is the pacing. You know, if I had to pick something, maybe it's that, maybe it's that. Because, again, going back to what we said on Dark Knight, is like, it's, um, I'm trying to sound a lot fancier than I am. Is it Aristotle? Or no, Plato's, uh, oh, look, I'm getting it wrong. You pull back the arrow and your plot is the released arrow. 
something's arrow. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I did I a film class ten years ago, and I'm trying to sound fancy, but no, it, it shows. It's basically yeah, thank you. It's basically <laughs> that, and and that's what the Dark Knight is. Whereas Inception, and there's a very funny clip of uh, Christopher Nolan explaining the plot. To Inception, and he draws it like a line, and it's a, it's like an, a snake with epilepsy. Of course it is. Like it's, well, you it know, starts at the end of the film. So. It, exactly. Whereas the Dark Knight, in fairness to it, there, there is no deviation. There is no, none it is, at all. It's it is film one hundred and one. It is beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. It is everything is kind of done by the book. Um, anything else you want to say about the Dark Knight? The music. We must oh, talk we about. We haven't talked about music. At all. So, so this well, this is a nice one because we're going to talk about both films because obviously it's both done by Hans yeah. Zimmer. Now, James Newton Howard also uh, he co-wrote the score with mm-hmm. Hans Zimmer for the Dark Knight. So, the Dark Knight is one of those. So, two thousand eight. Uh, I, I presume we had iPod. So we had MP three iPod. But I just remember being one of the first soundtracks I listened to nearly on repeat. Yeah, um, it's gorgeous. It's. It's so nice. Now, there is... Um, this is one thing... Uh, I should have checked this before, but right, there is... So, there is a film music uh, studio, if you like, um, uh, is in Hollywood that, that gets a lot of shit, basically, for the music that is quite famously in The Dark Knight, in Batman Begins, and it's that ostinato. It's that... You know, and because after... Um, oh, look, I'll come back to it. I'll, I'll get the name of it. I'll, st- I'll stick it in the uh, description of this. But it, it, a lot of films started to do that because this film did it so well. And uh, exactly the same thing with Inception. The If I'm right, Inception was the first trailer that did the... Wham, that, wham, the three beats of the heavy, heavy bass. And now every trailer since has that. And it is boom, a, boom, a fair boom, criticism. It, it is. I have to say, I it is fair. I I love it in the Inception. But now, I, I before uh, recording today, I went. And I just watched the trailers of the two films again. Yeah. And it has now entered the realm of parody, because it's, it's exactly. been done so often. Yep. But it's been done so so good. I mean, you have so many different varieties of pizza because whoever made pizza first had a cracking idea. <laughs> I love that. But the, pro- the problem is that you don't know when to stop, and you don't want to. You don't want to miss out on it. So if you're creating a trailer for your film, it doesn't matter. There's a thousand other trailers doing it. It's bloody cool, and I'm going to do it in my trailer as well. And I would be hard pushed to not do it in my trailer. <laughs> um, see, now I would be. It's remote control productions. There we go. Right. It's it's basically right. a, a, a film. Co- now, to be fair, I don't know if it was around then, but it's certainly. Hans Zimmer has been a major influence in that. You see, a lot of now quite well-known uh, composers either started there or worked through there. Steve Jablonski, who did the Transformers series, um, I have to say, I, I love the soundtrack to the first Transformers film. I think it's brilliant. However, yeah. there is entire passages which are not lifted from, but certainly inspired by that Dark Knight ostinato. Yeah. And... Uh, <clears throat> Poor old Ramin Dejwadi, who is most famous now for Game of Thrones and now on Westworld, but he did the score to Iron Man. And what score? That is the biggest criticism of that film that I can find is that it's just it's just written off. It's just written it, off it's, altogether. It's the biggest criticism of the Marvel Universe. You've got the Avengers theme and that's it. 
that's again now that's give only, me another one I'd, I'd, lo- I'd love to say to you I, I, I mean this now I'm conscious of it, but I'd love to say to you I'd love to do a series on movie music because it's something I feel quite passionate about so but Answer, yes it makes a film without it, a doubt it, it, it does um, we'll, Back to the Future but I thought you were going to say Back to the Film but no good good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, Back to the Film yeah. <laughs> but um, the I would say Inception has I don't want to say it's the better written soundtrack because I love them both but it's more intricate but The Dark Knight is. is more enjoyable to listen to the, agreed, because The Dark Knight is... I don't think there's a lot of fluctuation in it. It is kind of the same theme throughout, which makes it easier to listen or the to. Same, or the same three themes, if you yeah, like. Sorry, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Inception is a bit more nuanced, which, yeah, kind of makes it harder to listen to. But when I picture a scene, I can hear the music next to it. And that's a good soundtrack. Yes, so it is. With the, when the van is, is halfway off the bridge, True. I can hear the music. I know exactly what is playing behind that. Uh, and I think you've done a good bit of composition if that's happened. I, I just I, I can because um, that piece of music has been used in movie trailers and everything because it's it's fantastic. But I remember obviously the first time watching the cinema, but then getting the soundtrack and be really excited and putting my headphones in. I remember my eardrums bleeding after yes. Dream is collapsing. Oh, it's like ah, but it's so good. Oh, in the cinema it is incredible because it is just bass and ah, oh, this is too tense. It just puts everything on edge. And anybody that makes a film and doesn't put the time into it elevates it. If you don't put the time into the into the into your composition, it it elevates the film. There is ma- many, many, many examples of just fantastic and, and we will we will do episodes. I think on we're gonna this. have to do that. Yeah. Uh, for the um so Batman Begins and The Dark Knight were both co written by Hans Zimmer and uh, James Newton Howard. Dark Knight Rises is Hans Zimmer on his own. Mm-hmm. I think all three are fantastic, um, but I do like what James Newton Howard brought, particularly to the Dark Knight, which is he scored Harvey Dent. Yeah, and I really like. It, it took me away initially. Initially, it was my least favorite of the three because the Joker's theme was exciting, and yes. Batman's theme There's was chaos. I want to go and beat some baddies up. Yeah, in the dark. Uh, and this, uh, as he describes it himself, this very like patriotic American theme music was a bit like, ah, oh, get me back to the Joker, will you? Yeah. It's now arguably my favourite of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, I think it's the cleverest. It's... And it, that thing of a theme to a character, that's very, very Hans Zimmer as well. And it's why he refused to do another theme for Batman vs Superman. He was like, I've already done it. So annoyingly, we got Junkie. What's his face instead? Oh, yeah, I, I, I like yeah, him. Okay, yeah, it's, it's okay. It's it's cool. Yeah, it's fine. But that is that's a testament to Hans Zimmer. It's like, nope, I've already done it. I've written a, a score for that character. I'm not doing it again. And he also like he also wrote the score to Man of Steel. And so there's, man, there's words out of my mouth. It's oh. it's not a perfect soundtrack. But I love, love the theme tune for Superman. So on that, I listen to that probably once a week, either on the way to work, on the way home from work, and I've probably had a speeding ticket because of it. <laughs> um, the there's two tracks, which is I think one of them is just called Fly, and oh, the yeah, other of one course. is What You're Gonna Do When You're Done Saving the World. Oh, of course, I think, and yeah. I just listen to those side by side, and it bum bum bum. 
bum, bum, bum. It's and the, the little the white new. Oh, it's tingles. It's absolute tingles. How you can't like Man of Steel just for the soundtrack? I'm going to be a snob and say you probably don't really understand movies because that is you've got to like that. You can't not like it. Well, no, I I I agree. Um, I hopefully whoever's listening, maybe yourself as well. Um, Hans Zimmer did a tour there for a, a couple of years in a row where he toured with his band and orchestra where they did movie scores on the stage and they did Man of Steel on stage, which was incredible. And there's something about. And you'll get this from listening to it in the film. You'll get this from listening to it on CD. And you'll get this from watching on stage. It's the... Dun, dun, and that, it just fills your chest oh. or something. And it's something that the Dark Knight... So it, uh, I, I, I read way back when that when they were making Batman Begins, and I think this crossed over into the Dark Knight, is that he had deliberately not written a full theme passage because yeah. the dark, like Batman, wasn't done developing yet. It might, might be more Batman Begins: The Dark Knight, but there is a theme for Batman, but it's more just a couple of notes just yeah. played off against each other. Whereas Superman is, you know, he's off saving the world. You have the full yep. theme for Superman. Whereas Batman, it's just that little bit of unfinished because his work is not done yet. That's really fair. I absolutely love that, and I love that's a level of nuance that only music can bring to something. The ri- the written word will use a metaphor or it will spell it out for you. Music can't do that. It has no other choice but to be a bit interpretive. And that, oh, I love it. And considering, we're not talking about Man of Steel, but considering Hans Zimmer was going up against an already fantastic Superman theme. It was already out there. It was iconic. How he came up with something that I actually think is better... I'm just, as soon as this finishes, I'm putting it on. Hmm. And I'm going to blare it out of the TV and the neighbours are going to be... I, exactly. If, if they do anything <laughs> other than applaud, they're doing. you don't want to be living there. Nope. Um, okay, well, look, I our poor listeners are probably like, will you just get to the rankings? Get to the bloody point. Yeah. So this has, run, this has run longer than I think we wanted, but I didn't realise this, but we've picked... Well, no, I did, but we, to be fair, have picked two of the probably biggest films of the century. Mm. I think if you had a top ten list, they're probably both in there. I feel like it, yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, this we're not going to have a two-hour podcast every single week. We could, but we're going to try not to. Um, but I think these two kind of... I think they warrant it. If we're going to do it, it's going to be with these two. Um, Sean. All right, I... Wins? I... I thought I knew... So, when I sat down to watch the two films, right, I thought I knew what the clear winner was going to be. And then... It's different when you're watching the pair of them with a score in mind. Yeah. You know, you start to tick off certain things. And... For me... It's The Dark Knight. It's... And the reason I feel that way is, for what I mentioned, the pacing... It is just, it just grabs you at the beginning. It doesn't let you go. For me, it's got better acting. Uh, and not just because they're larger than life characters. Uh, obviously, it's, it's easy to say that the Joker is an amazing character. He is. But you have then the smaller performances. Gary Oldman as Commissioner Gordon. Um, yeah, it's phenomenal. Uh, we I, didn't even talk about the beauty of that subplot of killing him. 
for him to come back. That is, that could be the main plot of an actual action film, and that's just your side plot. Mm-hmm. That almost gets short shrift. Yeah, I, I feel, I feel almost bad. And again, Dark Knight comes with the history of Batman, so I, I almost feel like I want to give it to Inception because of that. But for me, the reason that I'm saying, or the reason I'm giving it to the Dark Knight is because I'm saying, oh, I want to give it to Inception, but... The fact that uh, you want to means that there's something it, saying you're not gonna. That's that's it. Thank you for phrasing that better than I did. I, I, I love them both, but if I have the house to myself and I have two and a half hours to kill and it's a choice between the two, I know which one I'm putting on. Right, so if you put them in front of me, it's going to take me two and a half hours to decide. That's, <laughs> now, that's my problem. So, going into this, I had no idea which one was going to win. I can't separate them. Um, when we finished talking about Inception, I decided Inception was the movie. When we finished talking about The Dark Knight, I decided Dark Knight was going to be the movie. On reflection, my my head and my... And this, I, this gets used a lot, that what your heart says and what your head says... But I think it's it really works with these two films. My head says Inception, my heart says Batman. Inception, I think, is a better movie. It is more original. It, yeah, I think yeah. it, it scores points for original. It scores points for difficulty. So if you're ranking it on like an Olympics kind of thing, if it's a if it's a display on stage, the difficulty ranking it's it's much much higher. It. Yeah, it's got pacing issues. Oh man, but The Dark Knight is such a good film. But do right. Take Heath Ledger's Joker out of The Dark Knight. Put Jack Nich- No, that's not fair. Put put a Joker in it that's just okay. Is it still good? Is it still as good? Just just removing his performance. Remove Heath Ledger. You still got the Joker, but it's played by someone else. Yep, I think it's written so well. I think you've got Michael Caine as an amazing Alfred. I I do quite like Christian Bale. I have issues with the voice. Uh, every Christian Bale, <laughs> Christian Bale has issues with the what voice. What do you mean? What do you mean? Aaron Eckhart, I he is so punchably likable, but he's meant to be. Um, but I mean, nearly for Gary Oldman. Uh, I think. Oh, Gary Oldman is you know. so good. Um, and what I want to say, Inception, so I so know much. what, you, but what's I stopping you? To, what's stopping you? Because I'm because I'm gonna put Dark Knight on. That's what's <laughs> stopping me. I'm gonna watch Dark Knight. So it's the okay, it's a movie. So the 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 two podcasts we've already done on on your show. It's a pizza movie. It is. I've ordered a massive takeaway. I want to guarantee myself I'm going to enjoy it. I'm I'm putting the Dark Knight on because even if I've wolfed the pizza in the first scene, I've enjoyed myself because it's through the it's through the bank scene. Inception takes a little while to get going. I think <sighs> I I think now famous last words. But as this series progresses and we do more movie comparisons. I feel like this is going to be one of the harder ones to pick a winner. I, I, 100%. I think we may have put the hardest one first, which is a bit shit. Uh, yeah, uh, so we may have please picked. come back. We'll make it, we'll make it interesting. <laughs> I, I, I so, sorry, do, do, we, do we have a winner? Oh, 
we well we could be here for another three hours. I hate that. This is why I'm a knob because I shouldn't have put Inception against the Dark oh, yeah. Knight. You can't entirely lose. your fault. You can't lose. Yeah. You can't lose Inception in the first round. I don't feel right losing either of them. I. Mm. But it's the Dark it's, Knight. The Dark Knight wins. It's the Dark Knight. It, 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 oh, and I, I feel dirty. As well, you should. And do you know? As well, you should. Do you know why? Do you know why we feel dirty? It's Marvel's fault, and by extension, Disney. There is a stigma attached to comic book films, and what we've done is we've put a comic book film above an original piece, an original piece of movie. I okay, okay, yeah, but, I, I see where you're coming from with that, and I I I know, I know what you mean because. Um, while I am, and we, we both are uh, big fans of Marvel, there is a lot of examples of, if not copy and paste, then just ticking boxes. I think in, in some. Well, it, it, yeah. It, with some of the bad guys, it's literally copy and paste. But you've done like the way you highlight it and it's got the inverted colours. It, it's mm. that. Including Iron Man, which is just bad Iron Man, slightly bigger. Mm-hmm. And not as. with less anti force. Whereas. You know, um, with 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 the Dark Knight, you know, with okay, Harvey Dent is doesn't belong in a comic book film anywhere. That's well, but but but, but my point was like Harvey Dent is a reflection of Batman. When before yes. he becomes Two Face, now he is he is absolutely mm-hmm. he's the White Knight. He he is absolutely you know this this force of good. Even though Batman is supposed to be a force of good, but he does it with his fists. Harvey Dent yeah, does it. With he the does law. it in a way that escalates thing but the thing is in, in Dark Knight he realizes oh shit I, I've done this I've created more bad guys because I've got the bigger guns so yeah. to speak so they've had to escalate Harvey Dent can do it in a way that doesn't create more violence um, uh, the, well <laughs> well okay yeah with the best with the best will in the world that's what he intended but in a yes no game didn't quite work out um, the the last point I was going to make about why why I think I'm I'm fine with putting Dark Knight through is because I feel like Warner Brothers or whoever it was went to Joel Schumacher and said, "Hey, can you make me some Batman films? I think this will be good." Whereas Chris Nolan went to them and said, "I'm going to make a Batman film, and this is why, and this is why it's going to be different." Yeah, and he took, I mean, uh, a a lawyer with half his face scarred. You know, uh, a dude who dresses like a scarecrow. These are camp, silly ideas, and he made them serious yep. as a seizure. Absolutely. <laughs> oh man, I wasn't ready for that <laughs> metaphor, but yes. Sorry. He absolutely did. <sighs> yep. Rhythm is a dancer. Serious as yeah. Um, it, oh man, I had a point, but that is that is totally derailed. Sorry. Um, it, no, it's fine. Um, it was the fact that. In the film The Dark Knight, there is a subtle thing that I've forgotten and I can't remember. Um, well, you, well, you mentioned escalation, and escalation is a huge theme. It's not subtle at all. Sorry, it's a huge theme of of The Dark Knight. It's uh, I think they say something like you know, you know, you wear bulletproof vest, they buy uh, you know yeah, armor exactly. piercing. They now have automatic. Oh, they have automatic weapons. Yeah, and so. and that and that's it. Um, I, and I think actually. Again, we're not talking about Marvel, and yet we are. Uh, Vision, I think, says in Civil War is that we there is a correlation between, you know, the expansion of the Avengers team and the nonsense style villains that come out to fight them. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, um, now you were saying about camp villains. 
And then I... Oh, you said Scarecrow. Joker. Well, I mean, are you talking about Tim Burton's Batman 3? No, I wasn't, because I was a super camp. Well, um, no, because Tim Burton didn't make a Batman 3. He was going to, and it was going to be Scarecrow and... I think Riddler was going to be it, but they, they said after Batman Returns was deemed too adult with a latex-covered <laughs> Catwoman. I don't know what they're talking about. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and do you know what's less adult? Batniffles. Um... Anyway, it doesn't matter. It was, it was something. Yeah, it was something about. It was something about Batman and the Joker. Um, uh, they are two sides. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Two. Uh, yeah, it's did a good job. Just Dark Knight wins, and I'm not happy. That about is it. that is all right. That that's what I. Your tears give me life. So yeah, uh, don't they just? So okay, I think you know for the sake of our our listeners up there. Hope you're still here. Um, it's probably time to call time. Um, I yep. think we've, uh, we've 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 done we've done we've done a deep dive on these films now today, um, deeper than we probably anticipated. Yeah, like I have so um, many top line notes that just didn't even occur. Yeah, so I think the, I think what we want to do going forward is this isn't review a movie that you've that's been out for twenty twenty five years or whatever. This is for fun compared to films that may actually have nothing to do with each other. And and use that as a vehicle to to explore why we bloody love movies so much. But I think perhaps we went a little bit too deep on the on the descriptions today, and a little bit light on the comparing. I think but... what happened is let's call a spade a spade. We got a bit too big for our britches. We said, I know, do you know what? We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get people on board. We'll start with Christopher Nolan, and we'll cover Inception and The Dark Knight Be Grand. And these are considered classics for a reason. Yeah, we've done that in the first episode. So, so yeah, come back. We're gonna. Yeah, well, whether you listen to us or not, we're going to keep doing this. Um, so maybe episode one is something that you, you've come back to a year or two down yeah, the line. We've done but, a two-hour trailer. Um, yeah, basically. Uh, um, we didn't even get to the end of the show, which I kind of... I think we're going to try and make it a little bit tighter and, and have a bit of news at the beginning, maybe have a guest on to help us discuss the films. And we had a couple of things that we want to do at the end, because we don't... We kind of want this to be evergreen, but also have a bit of a bit of current stuff in it as well. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Sean. That was your turn to talk. <laughs> I'm terribly sorry. I checked out. I've got the dinner on. No. Um, <laughs> I, I think, I mean, we've already, so we, we, we've covered the films to death. So if it's going to leave you on something, I would say, Ian, in a nutshell, why the hell do you want to do this? Um, I think we'd be doing it anyway. And I... I think we are bloody hilarious. No, I think I, I love talking about movies and I want to do it in a way that is kind of recorded as well. I want it to be, I'll enjoy the conversation no matter what, but I love the idea of putting it out there and, and having somebody maybe find out something new or think, oh, I didn't really think about the movie in that way. Um, I think like we said before, we'd be doing this anyway. So it's kind of cool that we can just put it out there and, and share the love for um, and hopefully cover some films that people haven't seen and maybe don't get don't get as much love. Well, that's uh, I mean I totally agree with that. Obviously, we're gonna we're gonna cover Nolan as our first few episodes. So sorry if you're not a fan of Nolan. Uh, why are you here? Um, uh, also, why are you on a movie <laughs> exactly? Yeah, but <laughs> I, I I agree. I think there's there's a lot of films out there that you know they for whatever reason they have fallen somewhat into either obscurity or they didn't do as well as they should have. Um, and I feel this is a this is a great format to discuss that. 
which, which is why we started with the Dark Knight. Small films, small little known films. It's because yeah, we know how to films. do marketing. All right, it's because you don't open with you know. Yeah, Prime exactly. Man. Which we uh, nearly we nearly opened with Prime, uh, which I'm sure, man, I the, love Prime, you know. but it's probably not the film to open. <laughs> <laughs> Choked on my own words there because I actually think we should have. Oh, there, well, the there we go. Well, you never know. We might record a few together, release them out of order, and then release the primer episode first. Where we go, ha ha! People are going to be so confused when they listen to the Inception Dark Knight episode. Jesus Christ! If they get to this six months in, God help them. <laughs> right? Who's doing? Who's doing? Uh, I think you have a nicer voice than me, so I would. I think you're wrong, but that's fine. We've disagreed on a couple that's of things right. today. Um, Cool. Yeah, so that's, that's us for this week. Um, next week, do we are we going to say are we going to are we going to say oh, what we're covering? Oh, do we know? What I we're covering? I think we do. I wrote it down the other. I think we do. That's the professionalism guiding this podcast. I think we know Look what films we're doing. We think we wrote it down. I am eventually going to put this page of this page of notes from our initial brainstorming session into some kind of podcast notes because it is it is a sight to behold. You um, you have a page. So I'm gonna, I'm I lost gonna, the post-it. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Um, well, Jesus. They're, they're sticky. I mean, this page is accidentally sticky. Oh, God. Oh, um, well. Um, so, because you wouldn't let me do it at the beginning, so I'm going to do it now. We've got Inception, Memento, Dunkirk, Dark Knight, Interstellar, Insomnia, Prestige, just about made the cut, um, and Batman Begins. Oh, that's what it was, yeah. We needed, yeah, we needed an even number. Um I, I think we'll probably have a better time talking about The Dark Knight Rises, but Batman Begins is it a better is. film. It is. So that's, that's so where we're what at. did we say for next week? We have... So the pairing, the pairings we've got are Inception versus Dark Knight, um, Memento versus The Prestige, oh, yeah. Insomnia versus Batman Begins, okay. um, and possibly the most ridiculous of the pairings is Dunkirk versus Interstellar. Well, I'm looking forward to that one because one of those films I really, well, really like. And then there's the other one. Yeah. Oh. Oh, and I love both. So this is going to be amazing. Um, I do want to really quickly say I'm, uh, I'm a massive, massive fan of, of a, well, of a few podcasts, but in particular, um, Cinema Sins. And I have slightly lifted this bracket thing. Anybody that's listened to them will know they do this massive bracket of, they did the greatest movies of all time, um, and they did this kind of bracket format. Um, so I kind of wanted to give them a nod as this isn't an original idea. I've just put a bit of a twist on it, but I think it's a fantastic vehicle to talk about films, and I, and I just absolutely love you it. You lied to me, and you said it was all your idea. We were supposed to be doing a wrap up, eh, kind oh. of. Yeah. So wrap up. Cool. That's what we've got next week. I think we're going to do what are we doing? Memento and um, what? Memento yeah. and Prestige. Amazing. Or do we want to? No, no, hang on. We've we've jumped in two feet first. We've done <laughs> Inception, Dark Knight. Let's go. Okay, right. Prestige uh, is next then. So yeah, next week we'll look at Memento um, and Prestige. Um, I'm sure there won't be anything else in the news at that point. Um, Sean, where can we you find can you? find me on Twitter at Sean Ferrick. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook as well. But get me on Twitter. Um, you can also I do a podcast called You're on Crack, mate. Comes out every Tuesday. Uh, it's available. All of all of the usuals it's available on. Uh, again, you can reach out on Twitter. You're on Crack Pod, and it's on Facebook and Instagram as well. And yeah, otherwise you can just find me usually behind the library. Fantastic. Um, cool. You'll find me mainly in the kitchen at parties. <laughs> Which I just 
I've had that written down for so long, and I don't think it's as funny as I think it is. I love um, it. It's brilliant. So yeah, um, I'm Ian. You'll find me on Twitter um, if you search for Galactic Dave or at Ian G Whittington because I've got the poshest name in the world. Um, yeah, Twitter is definitely where where I'm most active. Um, thanks for dropping in. Thanks for sticking with us for an hour and fifty six minutes, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Bye.